0: Hey, today we're continuing our study in a Biblical view of the end times. So today I want to take a look at what's known as the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the the name of the message today. So we continue our study. I have to say what, what the Bible says about the end times. The events that will take place as God completes His great plan of the ages, the of creation. So we're looking at a chronological order of what's going on, <clears throat> based on the biblical events and what's documented in the Bible. Thus far, so far we've uh, considered the rapture of the church and the man who will also be known as the Antichrist. So we've already discussed those two uh, up till now. Today we'll be looking at a period of time known in the Bible as the time of Jacob's trouble. The phrase is found in Jeremiah 30, verse six and seven. In these verses, Jacob or the nation of Israel is portrayed like a man who is about to give birth. This man is suffering great pains and is bowed down in agony. The Bible tells us that there are no days to compare with those that Israel must endure. However, verse seven shows us that Israel will be saved out of those days. So, by the way of introduction this morning, <clears throat> I want to share two major themes, or two major reasons for this time known as the Tribulation. There are many more reasons that could be stated, but these seem to stand out as some of the more crucial. So first, to punish the Gentile nations, Romans 1:18, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 12 and 13, and Revelation 19, 15. Okay. So for many thousands of years man have spurred the call of God to repentance and salvation. Okay. During the tribulation period, God will visit wicked humanity with the fruits of their sin, divine judgment. And two, to purge the people of Israel, Ezekiel 20 verses 37 and 38. Zechariah 13 8 9 and Malachi 3 3 the nation of Israel is guilty of rejecting the Messiah we know this and having part in his death however God will use the terrors and the craziness and the just the chaos of the tribulation to prepare Israel for the return of Jesus Christ when Jesus returns to the earth in power and glory he will be met by a believing remnant of the Jewish people. I want to say that I will be covering some frightening material during the course of this this, speak, this talk. However, we need to hear these things because there may be those people that, that are going to hear this who have never repented of their sins and believed in Jesus Christ. These people if Jesus returns in their lifetime, we'll face many things we will discuss during the course of this talk. So, those of us who are saved will not be here for even one minute of the tribulation. I hold to the pre trib rapture, and I think there's sufficient evidence and scriptural uh, credence. The Bible definitely teaches a pre-tribulation rapture. So, but I'm not going to go into that. But we, too, need to hear these, these things that are going on. We need our hearts stern about what the loss of this world are going to face. That should spur us on to witness more to our unbelieving friends and family. We need to realize that the responsibility of reaching this world before the tribulation is on the shoulders of the redeemed people of God. May the Lord use these truths to stir the hearts of his children into action. And that is my hope that as we learn more about what's gonna happen in the, the end times during the tribulation period and the wrath of God being poured out onto the earth, That we take these times in understanding this and share our faith with our loved ones, our co-workers and stuff. So, now having said these things, I want to spend some time on chapter 24 of Matthew as we think together about the time of Jacob's trouble. So we'll be focusing our probably most of our time in Matthew 24. That is our Matthew 24, 1 through 31 is where the focus of this talk is going to be so this passage is part of a sermon preached by the lord known as the olivet discourse okay this message came about jesus came about as jesus and his disciples were at the temple jesus told his disciples that the temple would eventually would eventually be destroyed I mean, that came as a, as a surprise, but he's basically telling them it will be destroyed. This intrigued these men, and they wanted to know more details about the end times. You can see in verse 1 through 4, where it says, And then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Wow. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of age? And then he goes into... uh, describing the tribulation. So he's asking in this in this passage, tell us of some of these events that will transpire during the course of the tribulation. Even though these words were spoken to the disciples, they are a message to the nation of Israel. Even though these words are not addressed directly to the church, They are still lessons given here that we can learn from and grow from. The first half of the tribulation will be a time of spiritual deception. There will be a rise in the appearance of those claiming to be the way of salvation. There will be many false Christs and false prophets during the tribulation period. However, none power, no power or the fame will be enjoyed by the Antichrist, none will even equal the Antichrist or the false prophet. The two reprobates from hell will deceive the entire world into believing that 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 they are literally gods and they will demand and receive worship of men. The tribulation will be a spiritual time, but it will be marked by great deception. One of the great tools used by the Antichrist to deceive the world will be his ushering in a time of peace. Revelation 6.2 and then Daniel 8.25, which we've already looked at in a previous message. We are already seeing these things being manifested in our times. Remember men like David Koresh, Jim Jones, Sun Myung Moon, and many others who claim and have claimed to be the Messiah false prophets abound however it's either just the tip of the iceberg The crazies will crawl out of the woodwork during the tribulation period there will be social devastation the tribulation period will be marked by an increase in the instability of society we see that right now going on so if you think it's bad now you're looking at like portland and all this antifa and stuff like this is anti-society uh anti-law anti-government anti-authority oh just wait you haven't seen nothing yet notice these pictures that are being given here the time will be marked by disruptions there will be an increase in warfare and the hostilities between nations The false peace instituted by the Antichrist will not last and will be replaced by the devastation world war. There will be a world war. But the recipient of this anger will be Israel. This is made very clear in Revelation 6-4. The rider on the red horse is war. There will be an increase in anti-Semitism, and persecution aimed at the Jewish people. We see that now. You can't even turn on the news without some anti-Semitic. There are more resolutions against the nation of Israel and the Jewish people in the UN than any other country, I mean, any other nation combined. Israel is hated by the UN. There's so much anti-Semitic in our own country right now. We have Congresswomen, Congressmen. Okay, we've got these anti-Semites or Semites that are so anti-Israel, and we've elected these people. Guys, are we that stupid? Apparently, we are. So none of this stuff will surprise me. I mean, it, none of this surprises me that this is going to happen in the end times because we see it right now. So this time will be marked by disruptions. There'll be an increase in warfare and hostilities between nations, like I've said. The false peace will be gone. We see the anti-Semitism that we we just turn on the news and we see that right now. But again, many of these things seem to be going on around us this morning. For instance, the world's political scene is becoming increasingly unstable smaller nations ruled by unprincipled men who have nuclear capabilities, economic pressures are forcing countries to seek resources that belong to neighboring nations for their very survival. I mean, it's getting crazy. There is a marked increase of hatred towards the Jewish people. This is profoundly clear in the attitudes of Israel's neighbors. Palestinians and the Arabs would love nothing more, nothing more than the total destruction of the nation of Israel. It is also my conviction that they will attempt this during the first part of the tribulation period, Ezekiel 38 and 39. It seems to indicate that the Russians will be involved in this attempt to destroy Israel but the plan will fail and Israel will use the weapons of this warfare to provide fuel for their people for seven years, Ezekiel 39.9. However, when the actual tribulation comes to the world, there will be an astronomical increase in this kind of activity. The things that are transpiring in the world today are only the first rumblings or a little tremor of this vast, massive earthquake of anti-Semitism and hatred towards the Jewish people. This time will be marked by desperation. According to this verse, there will be famine. In verse seven, there will be famine during the tribulation. Oh, we're back in, uh, sorry, Matthew 24, verse seven. I mean, famine during the tribulation, this is, again, made very clear, and even clearer in the words of the book of Revelation, 6, verses 5 and 6. A careful look at these verses reveal the following. The black horse speaks of death. The balances refer to a careful rationing of food. A penny was a day's wages. A Roman penny would produce or purchase Eight measures of wheat, or 24 measures of barley. In other words, the food supply will be one-eighth, one-eighth of what is normally. That's crazy. However, the writer is told not to turn the oil or not to hurt the oil of the wine. It appears that luxury items enjoyed by the rich will not be harmed. Hmm, sadly... The common man will not be able to buy these things. Therefore, he's gonna starve. Again, we are already seeing these things being taken or starting to take shape. We are living in the most prosperous days this world has ever known. However, the world has never been this populated before. Much of the land that was once used to grow food now has been transformed into places for people to work and to live. Our world faces genuine food shortages. Think about the following just for a minute. This translates or one person dies from starvation or one of its related diseases every second of every day. That is absolutely horrible. This translates into 86,400 people per day die of starvation or caused by starvation. Seventy-five percent of those who die and infants and children under the age of five That is the grace of God. Imagine that, over 23 million precious, innocent souls ushered into the presence of God every year. They died a horrible death, but they have everlasting life. During the tribulation, these things will just grow worse and worse. Wanna stay here for that? You wanna be here for that? I don't think so. This time will be marked by diseases. And verse 7 refers to pestilence. This tells us that the tribulation period will be a time when diseases will run rapid among the human family. Again, this is referred to in the book of Revelation in verse, uh, Revelation 6-8. This awful look into the future tells us that 25% of the world's population will die at one point in time. At one point in time, 25% will be gone. There are over 6 million people in the world with a new one being added every half second. Every year there are over 78 million new births in the world. Imagine a scene where over 1.5 billion people died during the same terrible tragedy. Imagine the disease that would result because of the lack of proper burial sites for the dead. During World War II, one person out of every 40 died. During this terrible plague, one out of every four persons will die. Just look around and count them off in this as your friends. Think about it. one in every four will die. It's gonna be a horrible time. Verse seven also says, this time will be marked by disasters. Jesus says that there will be earthquakes and natural disasters during these years or the early years of the tribulation. Again, the 20th century saw, the 21st century also saw a dramatic increase in the number of earthquakes. These quakes became very intense and began to happen in places that earthquakes didn't usually take place. These things again are simply setting the stage for what will happen in the future. This time will be marked by disobedience also. Do we see that nowadays? Can you say Antifa? These verses seem to indicate the tribulation period will be marked by a total disregard for the sanctity of life, property, or the rights of others. This is clear by two statements betrayal and hatred. Verse 10 These verses seem to indicate that men in that day will have no respect for one another. Certainly, violent crime will increase, and many will die at the hands of their fallen other humans. Of course, the population of this world is already being trained to disregard the life and rights of their fellow men. When we live in a world that allows the murder of our 55 million unborn children every year, this sends a message that life is without value. When we see an increase in euthanasia and over forms of mercy and other forms of 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 mercy killing to become accepted by the people around the world we know that we have lost our respect for human life it seems that we are not too many days removed from seeing the elderly the mentally handicapped and others being exterminated to prevent them from being a drain on society. When the world accepts the foolish notion that man evolved from a lower life form, that's when he dies. He is like a dog that merely goes to the grave, it becomes easy to take lives. If men saw one another as what they are, unique creatures or creations, each made in the image of God, it would prevent some men from taking the life of another. If we had that value in life or for life, if we had that value of God's creation, we wouldn't take another life. So we see in verse 12, wickedness and the love of sin. The tribulation will also see an increase in men's attraction or man's attraction to and indulgences in sin. After the church is removed at the rapture, all restraints on society will be removed as well. No longer will there be a presence of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. No longer will be people on the earth who pray for society and their neighbors. The world will continue its slide into hell by following sin with all the power it possesses. Again, we can already see these things happening around us. A quick look at 2 Timothy 3, one through five proves this beyond all dispute. We live in a nation where 85% of the population in the United States claims to be Christian. Look at people's lives and tell me how this can be. How can that be when 62% of Americans believe that the Bible is not totally true? How can that be when 75% of Americans do not believe in the existence of a personal, real devil? How can that be when pornography earns an estimated $14 billion per year in the United States alone and increasing? How can that be when 4 million men every day visit porn sites on the internet? How can that be when 1.5 million unborn babies are aborted in the country in the name of inconvenience? Or in the name of convenience? How can it be when the rate of premarital sexual activity in the church is the same as that of the world. The world looks around and declares with joy that the divorce rate is dropping. They're right. But the reason is that the marriage rate is dropping. People are just shacking up and living together. There's no value to marriage anymore. And also, how can that be when 32% of professed Christians and 64% of non-Christians say that they consume alcohol every month? I could go on and on and on with that same kind of depressing mess. But I think the truth is evident. Our world is going to hell in a handbasket. My dad used to use that phrase all the time. While it does, it thinks all is well and good. It has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. This means people claim to be godly, but they refuse to repent of their sins and receive Jesus into their hearts. They refuse to allow the Lord God Almighty to be the Lord of their lives. Our world is already manifesting signs of the way things will be during the tribulation period. However, things will be far, far worse than that. We a special declaration. Thankfully, not all the events of the tribulation will be bad. During these years, God will raise up some men who will carry the message, carry his message, to the farthest ends of the globe. This great mission will be accomplished by two separate groups of preachers. The 144,000, when you see that in Revelation 7 verses 1 through 8, God will raise up an army of Jewish preachers who will seal or that that he that God will seal, protect and send out to tell the world about the Lord Jesus Christ. The world system, the devil and the antichrist will be powerless to stop these men's, these men from their appointed tasks. Second, the two witnesses, Revelation 11, 1 through 12. These two mystery preachers will stand at the wailing wall outside the newly constructed third temple and they will preach the word of God. All attempts to stop them will fail until the Lord allows them to be slain. Their bodies will lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three days while the world celebrates their death. Then they will rise from the dead and ascend into heaven. Even in the dark hour that will come upon the earth, God will have his men proclaiming his truth to the world that desperately needs to hear it. By the way, million will be saved by the preaching during this period, Revelation 7, verses nine through 17. Now, if you are not saved this morning, don't think you can wait until these fellows start ministering to be saved. What if you were part of that crowd that dies from the world, from the wars, from starvation and the disease? What if you are deceived by the devil and worship the antichrist 2 Thessalonians 2 12 and 13 the time for you to be saved is now Second Corinthians 6 2 and Isaiah 55 6 where do you stand with God so how does the tribulation commence how tribulation continues verse 15 They are treacherous days. This verse, in verse 15, Matthew 24, 15, refers to the Antichrist breaking his covenant with the nation of Israel. This was prophesied by the prophet Daniel in Daniel 9, 27, and will be fulfilled during the tribulation period. The Antichrist's sin will amount to him entering the Holy of Holies in the newly constructed temple In Jerusalem, he will declare himself to be God and will demand that the world fall before him and worship him. The Bible tells us that this will most assuredly happen. This will happen in Revelation 13 1 through 8. So, what is it that motivates the world to give their worship? to this man. The Antichrist will be assassinated. Then before the wandering gaze of a world watching, he will arise from the dead. This will, or when this happens, the world will fall at his feet and worship. We're going to continue this next week. We'll pick it up here. and. Continue. God bless.